It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Yeah, well, aha, uh-huh. uh, we don't have the complete story, that's for sure. We'll have to wait till the Lord gives us the complete story, right, Rich? That's right. Yeah. Uh, people probably think we're going to talk about the election, and we're not. We're going to talk about good versus evil. We're going to talk about principles. We're going to talk about the things that have been on our mind and our heart right on through this chaotic period. But, Rich, I want to start out with something that Paul Harvey said, where he said he had bad news. Bad news. Let's listen to it. Bad news pays. I'm on a foundation board, the MacArthur Foundation, which dispenses large sums for research. And I can tell you that a lot of scholars and a lot of institutions secure money for research by producing bad news about population, about resources, about environment. For another thing, there's a demonstrable fascination with. There's a proof public preference for bad news because what's bad news to somebody is good news to many. The listener or the reader of bad news can say to himself, well, at least I'm not as bad or as bad off as those fellows. And then the printer whose printing machine broke down or the builder who bid too low or the salesman who lost a sale or the farmer who lost a crop or the wildcatter who drilled a duster, he can see his problem is not so bad after all. After all, bad news is good news. The reader does not want to read about some rich man who's healthy and happily married. That might tend to make the reader feel sorry for himself. But if the rich man is divorced or diseased or loses his money, that's more interesting reading because then the reader can feel himself to be better off. There's always somebody in any hospital ward just enough worse off to help us feel comparatively fortunate. And noisy news serves that purpose. And thus the plane crash, which does not involve you, the billionaire in bankruptcy, these will continue to be on page one for as long as the fire which burns them warms the rest of us. By our own emphasis on all of the bad things, crime and inflation and pollution and floods and fires and discords and disaster and discontent by our persistent preoccupation with negatives, we tend to unsell ourselves and our impressionable offspring on a way of life which is the envy of the rest of the world. And repetition is effective. Repetition is effective. Repetition is effective. (laughs) Self-government requires self-discipline all the way to the top and all the way down to us. Then, then we may lead the world as we once did. For our nation's first 150 years, we led the world, not with guns, not with butter, not with money, but by example. The French threw off the yoke of their dissolute aristocracy. England initiated sweeping democratic reforms. Mexico, Central America, South America freed themselves from Spain, just watching our example. On this rebellious planet, storms are a part of the normal year-in and year-out climate of life. We earn the sweet by and by by how we deal with the messy here and now. 
Sometimes the storm takes the shape of an economic holocaust or a prolonged drought. Sometimes internal civil strife. Sometimes a military confrontation. You know, Churchill said that the war years were England's finest hour. And we face a new testing time every lifetime. Some of us have been professional observers of several lifetimes. We remember epidemic TB and the crash of 29 and the Dust Bowl and Hitler's Holocaust and Pearl Harbor. We resent challenges, but we're no longer panicked by them. So storms are part of the planet's normal climate, and eternity is being prepared somewhere, a perfect place, and we have to demonstrate here whether we deserve to be there. And if there were perpetual sunshine, there'd be no victory. So it's testing time again, and from everything I have seen, man alive, we're passing this test again and with our colors flying. Members of Congress huff and puff and hold hearings and strike poses. The media makes it an opportunity to rake some muck and somebody's go to jail and in between the Teapot Dome and Enron. We have endured two big wars and assorted lesser ones. During each, a frightened segment of Americans were convinced that our country was going to hell. It did, never did. Many times it went through a little hell, but it always came out on the other side of the crucible, heat-tempered and better than stronger and more prosperous than before. I discover in my travels that America is falling in love again with America. If the future appears darker than it is, it's because of the slimy bugs on the windshield of the world, the social misfits. If I can leave you with only one thing, may it be this. Don't let the headline writers rain on your parade. My goodness, if you could pick a place in the whole world to live, it would have to be this place, and it would have to be this time. You are where everybody else in the world so wants to be. My goodness, there's resiliency in this country that we have not yet begun to use. As Mark Twain is said to have said of the music of Richard Wagner, it's not nearly so bad as it sounds. <laughs> good day. <laughs> Yeah, that's some that's really good encouragement from that's something. a voice from well, the past. Well, I tell you what, it's a voice. Of, it's a voice of reality. Yeah. But now, now listen, folks. Uh, if you know the Lord as your Savior, and if you're part of the Bot Radio Network family, you certainly have heard sermons and Bible teaching over and over and over again to give you that chance, that to make that decision. That is. But anyway, one of our Bible teachers, one of the preachers we admire most is John MacArthur. Listen to what he said. Hey, I get it. Lots of people are worried about the election. I've got good news for you. I read the end of the book, and Christ wins. Christ wins. We who are in Christ win. Paul says we march in his triumph. Jesus said, I will build my church. And even death itself, the gates of Hades, he called it, cannot prevail against it. The prophet Isaiah said, God always accomplishes his purpose. It may not look very promising to you, but the promises of God will be fulfilled. Redemptive history is on schedule. History is really his story unfolding. So whatever happens or doesn't happen in an election has, listen carefully, 
absolutely no bearing on the advancement of the gospel and the kingdom of God. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. They're not fighting for anything in this temporal world because my kingdom transcends this world. We're part of the transcendent kingdom. Redemptive history is on schedule and it's unfolding exactly the way God intends it for his glory, the advance of the gospel and the building of his church. Be encouraged. You know, Rich, as I was listening to that, it reminded me of that old hymn, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. But you know what, people can use that as an excuse. Uh, while they're passing through, they're still citizens. They still have a job to do. The Lord left them uh, on this planet, in this country, for a reason and a purpose. So to use that as an excuse and turn your face away from the problems that we face as Americans and as Christians and everything else. Now, we support life. We will continue to support life, the life of every unborn child, right on through to senior citizens. That is what's important because we're civilized, for goodness sakes. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in the very near future or on down the line, but I'll tell you this, the pro-abortion forces, they seemingly had a victory. What say you? But we it need to but pray. It but we, it doesn't change us. Oh, no. But we need to pray. We need to pray for America. And if America goes off the rails, it's a time for weeping for America. But we need to pray. And you know what, Dad? We've been praying a long time for a, a Great Awakening-style revival to sweep across our land and really around the world. Yeah. And every major revival is begun with a movement of prayer. There have been a lot of prayer here recently in America, and that prayer needs to continue. I want, to, I want to remind our listeners just a couple of things. Samuel Adams, one of our founding fathers, do you mind him? I'm going to read his exact words. He said, impress the minds of men with the importance of educating their little boys and girls in the study and practice of the exalted virtues of the Christian system. Now, that isn't me who said that. That was one of our founding fathers. Are the children learning that in school? I mean, you talk about politics. This guy was one of our founding fathers. And, uh, oh, let me just read one other one while we're on this subject. Here is President Abraham Lincoln. He said, but for the Bible, we could not know right from wrong. All things most desirable for man's welfare are to be found portrayed in it. And I'll tell you this. They didn't like Abraham Lincoln either. As a matter of fact, the things he stood for made people so mad, they ended up killing him. Isn't that true? That's true. As a matter of fact, when he came back to Washington for his second term, he had to come into that city. I suppose it was a swamp then, hmm. in the dead of night. I wonder if people know that. In the dead of night, where he could safely enter the White House without some terrible thing happening. So you see, what's new? Except it seems to be just getting worse. So I want the people now to hear what Paul Harvey had to say about government. Sometimes people say, well, man, um, this is the best. But I'll tell you, there have been other governments. There have been other countries. There have been other things. And uh, 
And let's hear what Paul Harvey says. Here it is. Not the first by George good government to arise on the world stage. There have been several. Rome, Spain, and Greece, and China, and each enjoyed about 150 years at its zenith. That's just about our time in the New World. And then each decayed away. Not one of them was ever destroyed by anybody else's marching legions. Each rotted away, morally, socially, culturally, economically, simultaneously. Isn't that something? That's kind of where we are now. I can think of so many songs. The price of freedom is eternal vigilance. And I'll tell you what, the price of freedom is never free. And it's for each generation to defend. keep your eye on the ball. I'm telling you, there are those things about others. If you love yourself, then the Lord said love others as much as yourself. And the unborn child is the most innocent. Mm -hmm. And then when those little kids come along, are we providing a good school for them really, honestly, each and every one of them within the public? Not so, and you know it, folks. The children that are trapped in failing schools, and they come out of high school with nothing but anger and mischief, and they have no sense of history or uh, or anything else to get a job and to grow on up. Uh, so schools, absolutely, and life itself. And then there are the other things, marriage, for goodness sake. Honest to Pete, look where we've gotten on the subject of marriage, if that isn't a mess. Now, here is Paul Harvey again uh, coming back, and he's talking about uh, freedom, freedom. Here it is. Just a few seasons ago, politicians baiting their hooks with free barbecue and trading a Ponzi promise for votes began telling us, we don't want opportunity, they said. We want security. They said it so often we came to believe them. We wanted security. And they gave us chains, and we were secure. Yeah. You see, when America was founded, people were looking for freedom. And opportunity. And opportunity. Religious freedom. Freedom to own property. Freedom to build a house. Freedom to have a piece of land that they could grow. And, uh, and if they want to go into business, have the freedom to do so. How many people came from other countries just to be free? Rich, I did not know this until recently, but to own a piece of property was unknown in the countries of Europe. And when people came here and they said, I can buy this piece of land, and man, this is mine, that's all part of what gave America its big start. It wasn't a free this or a free that, or they're gonna take care of me or any of those things. It wasn't just for the aristocracy, but it was for everyone. Exactly. All right. Now let's let's tell us, let's listen to what Paul Harvey has to say about, uh, well, listen to this. History promises only this for certain. We will get exactly what we deserve. Well, that's kind of a scary thought. Well, you better believe it is, Rich. It absolutely is. Um, you've mentioned we need a revival. Right, we do. And revivals start with a, with a, with prayer. And I tell you, I don't know how many churches are really emphasizing prayer and revival. I don't mean just a big promotion to get, to get the building filled. And, and I say a great awakening style revival because there have been several great awakenings in the United States history. And Dad, you know, a revival is 
is when a, uh, something comes alive again, revival. And a, an awakening is when it, it becomes awakened for the first time. So, so we're, we're looking for evangelism and discipleship. You know, sometimes people thought that we were talking about politics or we were talking about politicians. Not so. We were contending for those people who not only were making promises, but then keeping promises. And I'll tell you, putting, putting uh, Jerusalem, uh, our embassy, our embassy in Israel, in the, in the, that's a promise that was made, and it was a promise that was kept. One of many. And you will go all the way down the line. Yes. The promises made were the promises kept. But at that same time, Rich, I'm going to throw it on you now, that's what made the others mad. Yes. Because every promise that was kept made them mad. I heard this uh, the other day. No one really voted for Joe Biden. I mean, make a list of the things that would recommend him during his 48 years in, um, in political work. What were they? In 48 years, for heaven's sake, what we have now is, is an old man who hasn't really done much. But he's been kicking around for sure. But they didn't vote for him. They voted because they hated Donald Trump. And the very same thing, the people that brought the, came out to those rallies, the people that just swarmed everywhere, uh, the working people, the mothers and the fathers and the family people, the small businessmen, uh, those that wanted jobs and not everything going over to China, they came out to the rallies and they voted for him. Mm -hmm. The pro-life people voted for him. And the people we admire most, including the son of Billy Graham, William Franklin Graham, absolutely. That's right. Why did they support him? Yeah. Not because of anything other than here's a man that you can depend on. And he got more votes this time than he did four years ago. Well, I want to tell the people, we're not rehashing an election. We are reminding the people, keep your eye on the ball. Mm -hmm. What do you believe and why do you believe it? And are you willing to stand for it? And fight for it. Because the, the battle goes on. Yes. There's no doubt about that. Now, here, here is Paul Harvey one more time. Let us preserve and protect what we've got. Let us nonetheless with the conscience of reasonable men preserve and protect and defend this last great green and precious place on earth against all its enemies, foreign and domestic. So help us God. If only because so many people you never knew have broken their hearts to get it and to keep it for you. Yeah, isn't that the truth? In the, in the weeks ahead, I'd like to go back through for the benefit of our audience and talk about some of those who paid a price. Uh, they weren't looking for something for nothing. They paid a price. Sometimes it was their own life. Sometimes it was whatever they had put together for their own retirement and everything else. And they paid a price, and it was a dear price, for us now to be here and treat this election as though we can move it around from day to day, from week to week. Rich, I was thinking, um, you know when Christmas is going to be? It's on December 25th. Exactly. That's not the 27th, and it's not January 2nd. It's December 25th. 
whether or not there is an epidemic, whether or not there is something of freezing weather, terrible, terrible weather. I don't know what all could happen, but still, Christmas is on that day. Well, why can't the national election be on a day that's designated for people to vote? I mean, the 4th of July is exactly on the 4th of July, isn't it? We designate the day of your birth, and we designate the day when something is supposed to happen, but somehow the day of election for people to cast their ballot to vote, all of a sudden it gets moved around and uh, extended. It turns into yeah. a mess. Uh, it sure does. And then there was an awful lot of shenanigans. And uh, worse than that, uh, fraud and abuse and, and our, our whole ballot security in this election was just ridiculous yeah. and shameful, like, like a third world country. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, Somebody said we can count all of the coronavirus cases, but we have trouble getting a good count on the ballots. During the course of the year, and not just at election time, how many churches, how many pastors are having classes in their church where people can learn the importance of an education to a child, yeah. where people can learn, is abortion something we just don't believe in, or we do believe in it, or is it just a, something to argue about, or why is it that some people say abortion truly is the killing of an unborn child? Absolutely, well, they examine that. I think churches ought to have classes, an educational yeah. class in the church, some place people can go to learn and to get an education on subjects that are, that are of, of tremendous importance, not only to their own family, but to society in general. And you could pick every other subject. What about marriage? Is there an honest examination of the subject of marriage? What does it mean? What does it imply? Where does it come from? Where does the root? All of those things. Right. Churches need to get into that, wouldn't you say? Right. And we need to be in prayer. That is the main thing. Pray for revival and pray for America. Yeah. You want some listener comments? I think some listener comments. All right. Let's give the listener number here first. 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. We'd love right. to hear from you. Now, listen, folks, here. This thrilled my heart. It's a lady from Memphis. Let me just say a word to our Memphis area listeners, or everyone in Tennessee, uh, John DeBerry, we've talked about him. You know, he lost the election. The Democrat Party threw him out because he was pro-life and because he understood the subject of marriage. Just a good Bible man who could tell about how his grandparents were and his mom and his dad, what they stood for. And when he was a little boy, being there with Martin Luther King in Memphis. And then he grew up and he became a preacher and a good one. And then a state legislator and a good one for 26 years. But now the Democrat Party had their little executive committee meeting in that area. They said, we can't use him anymore. We don't want him around anymore. So they consigned him to just- uh, They took him off the ballot. They did, they did. Shameful. But nevertheless, people in Memphis also are just plain good people. Right. And we know that. Here's a lady who lives in Memphis. This is what she says. I'm calling to tell you that in 1985, I was 27 and I was in jail. The only station that I could get in jail on the radio, and it was a God thing that I even got a radio in there, was AM 
640 in Memphis, and I've never stopped listening to your station since then, and I have matured as a Christian over these past 35 years. I want to thank you for helping me grow into a better Christian. Ah, lady, when I hear you say that, it reminds me of making the decision to buy that first radio station in Memphis, and I wanted to do exactly what you're talking about and reach people just exactly like you were, and and now you aren't. You, you're reborn. You're a new creature in Christ. Isn't that wonderful, Rich? That's right. All right, now listen. There's a man from Kilgore, Texas. I want to hear what he has to say. I listen to Bot Radio every time I get in my truck. I used to have several stations where I could go to, but Bot is the only one I ever listen to because it always feeds me daily. When I'm driving, I listen to Bot, and I like all of the ministries that are on there. I live in Kilgore, Texas. I know a lot of people that do listen to you, and you are a very good service for God's people to be on the air. All right, folks. Now let's hear what John MacArthur has one more to say. Word one of more encouragement. Time. And uh, this is what I want you to think about. Hey, I get it. Lots of people are worried about the election. I've got good news for you. I read the end of the book, and Christ wins. Christ wins. We who are in Christ win. Paul says we march in his triumph. Jesus said, I will build my church. And even death itself, the gates of Hades, he called it, cannot prevail against it. Prophet Isaiah said, God always accomplishes his purpose. It may not look very promising to you, but the promises of God will be fulfilled. Redemptive history is on schedule. History is really his story unfolding. So whatever happens or doesn't happen in an election has, listen carefully, absolutely no bearing on the advancement of the gospel and the kingdom of God. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. They're not fighting for anything in this temporal world because my kingdom transcends this world. We're part of the transcendent kingdom. Redemptive history is on schedule, and it's unfolding exactly the way God intends it for his glory, the advance of the gospel, and the building of his church. Be encouraged. All right, this is a little different program. Did they give us that phone number, Rich? Yes, our, our listener comment line, and we'd love to hear from you, is 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. All right, this is, the, this is today's chapter of The Complete Story as a public service for you folks from myself and my son, Rich. See you later.